Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This has been long awaited. I'm glad to finally join you. I was feeling kind of bad, sis. I was feeling like the, you know, I was wondering what was going on. Well, it's this city that we're running, but I was uh, just telling my husband that for 2021, I'm going to do so much better with openly communicating, and that means communicating with you, Frank, and people of Atlanta. My natural inclination is to go inward when a lot of stuff is going on. But what I know is that people want to know what's going on, and so um, I'm glad that I'm here. All right. So um, first, um, you did your state of the city address yesterday. You talked about many things, but on top of the list was crime in our city. Absolutely. That is the number one priority for us. And, you know, 2020 was a tough year for everybody. Um, But with the city of Atlanta, you think about Atlanta as a $2 billion operation, Uh, And you think about companies. Companies have a core mission. Well, the city of Atlanta's mission, um, each and every day we we are obligated to provide services to our citizens, et cetera. But in 2020, we had to completely redo how we did business, meaning we continue to provide services. Our sanitation workers never skipped a beat. Our public safety personnel never skipped a beat. But in so many ways, we became a relief operation as well. We began getting money out into our communities, $80 million infused into our communities. We served 119,000 meals. Uh, We set up learning pods, all these things we had to do to to respond to COVID. And now we are experiencing what I call a COVID crime wave. Crime is up in Atlanta. It is up in every city just about in the country with exception of two mayors that I've talked to, just about everybody is experiencing this uptick in crime because people have been out of work. Mm -hmm. People have been stuck in the house. uh, People are sick. People are dying and people are frustrated and it's playing out in our streets. So as we continue to do all those things that we focus on, affordable housing, making sure we're giving relief to our communities, we are elevating crime because what we know of that is that people don't feel safe. Nothing else matters. Mm. One of the things that people have been criticizing you about is that during this crime wave, people have said, where is the mayor? Uh, all over next door, there's comments like, where is Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms? Why isn't she saying anything? What would you say to them? So, you know, Frank, it's it's interesting because I've done at least three press conferences focused directly on crime, but sometimes uh, perception can become people's reality. And this is what I was talking about with my husband this morning. In the absence of over-communicating, people will fill in a false narrative. So to the extent that I'm doing press conferences, what I know is my 18-year-old is not looking at a press conference. 
Uh, we have to over-communicate on all of our platforms, social media, radio, television, press conferences, next door, go down the list. And I think that is where we definitely could improve. But we've done nothing but focus on crime. We have been working very closely with APD, with our state partners, with our federal partners, making sure that we could respond to what's happening on our streets. And people have to remember, Atlanta and the state was open when the rest of the nation was shut down. So you had a lot of people coming in from other places. I just had a meeting with some club owners this week, and they were saying there, you know, there was a very different dynamic over the past several months because you have people coming in from different cities, a very different crowd, and it's created a very different dynamic. And so I started off by saying my tendency, when there's a lot going on, I put my head down and I get to work. But if I'm not communicating outwardly, Uh, With the public, the public's going to fill in the blanks, and oftentimes that's going to be a negative narrative. So we're going to over-communicate this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. People will probably get tired of hearing from us, but as it relates to crime, I don't think that we can afford to not tell people what we're doing. So part of what I announced, in addition to the 250 officers on the street in the next fiscal year, in addition to expanding our camera network, Throughout the city, we're going to do some of those preventative things to help with the systemic issues leading to crime. Okay. In the city city of Atlanta, we usually hire 650 kids a year for our summer jobs program. We were down to 250. So we're asking people to step in, help us hire 1,000 kids this year. We're creating a program specifically targeted towards water boys making sure that we can get them off the streets, get them back in school, get them into some job training, and also expanding a program called Cure Violence that um, we've seen some success in parts of Atlanta with this program, and it's about conflict resolution. So let me, let me, let me go back for a second because one of the comments that we got this morning is that during the election, <clears throat> during the election, you were on the news every day. You was on TV every single day across the country. And then after the election, it seemed like you were ghost. Were you upset or depressed or mad that Joe Biden didn't give you a cabinet position? Absolutely not. Joe Biden offered me a cabinet position. Well, I mean, he offered you like the ambassador of the Bahamas or something. But, I mean, we were expecting you you to be secretary of state. I wanted you to be the secretary of state. See, this is how rumors get started. I was not offered an ambassadorship to the Bahamas. That would have been a nice post. I was offered a cabinet-level position on more than one occasion. Let me put in that piece. Okay. And I declined that because I wanted to finish what I started in Atlanta. So it was my choice as to whether or not I would join Joe Biden's cabinet. I was honored to have been offered that. And and clearly the president uh, values me because he just hosted a fundraiser for me. And we have raised well over $500,000 just for one event, which is a record for any mayor of in, in Atlanta, wow. might I add. Right. But to answer your question, during the election, I was doing a lot of national television interviews. So people saw me more. But again, going back to the local interviews, if you're not turning on your six o'clock news, 
you're not going to see me if you're not watching a particular station at a particular time. And the reality is that a lot of people aren't watching local news anymore. So I, um, you know, again, I was doing a weekly press conference. I tend not to do them uh, when there's not a lot of content. Um, But if people turn on their local news every, you know, every week or two weeks, I was doing press conferences. But if you're not watching your local news, you're not going to see it. So, so again, 2021, we're going to over-communicate. Okay. So we had Felicia Moore, city council president, on. Of course, she is going to challenge you in this upcoming election. Um, she felt, um, after I asked her the question, she went on Channel 2 with Jovita, and the quest, same question was asked. She felt that you firing the police officers during the tough times we had over the summer— um, created the dissension that caused many officers to quit the force, and it was premature. It showed up in the election. Paul Howard was defeated. Looking back, do you think that was the right decision to fire those officers before due process was done? Because their cases are still pending, I'm going to not get into the specifics. But I can tell you, every decision that I've made, including the decisions of last summer, I stand by those decisions. You have to think about where we were as a city. There were extreme emergency circumstances that we were facing. Mm -hmm. Cities across the country literally were burning. We saw it on May 29th in Atlanta. We saw the Wendy's burn. Now, for as bad as it looked in Atlanta and for as bad as it was, you look across the country and it was 10, 20 times worse. So I stand by the decisions that I made. It's very easy to be a Monday morning quarterback and be a no to everything. But leadership is not about being a no. Leadership is about making tough decisions in the moment and then being able to explain to people why you made those decisions. Leadership is not talking about it's not about what you would do if you had the chance and what you would have done differently. That's not leadership. That's just talk. So the decisions I made of last summer, I stand by every single decision that I made. All right. We do have a call with a question from an officer. Let's go to the phone. Let me get that call right there. Sean in Fairburn, do you have a question for Mayor Bottoms? I actually have a quick statement about her retention plan for law enforcement. Are you a law enforcement officer? I am. I'm 26 years in. I got two more to go, and I will sit down with a retirement in hand. All right. So real quick, what officers leave departments for is that they don't feel their leadership is supporting them in times when they're in use-of-force situations. Yeah. What is she going to do to improve that? That's one. Number two, bonuses. A retention program should include bonuses for military, for people who have been there 5 and 10 and 15 years. Bonuses should also include for people who uh, get additional certif- uh, special certifications while they're on the job, those certifications that benefit the department. It could be traffic-related. It could be youth-related. That's number two. Number three, 
people leave departments because equipment is raggedy. No police officer, and especially not these younger officers, want to come in service and they're driving around with raggedy police cars. Mm. As opposed to spending 3 and $4 million on red light cameras, what's her plan to spend more money on police equipment, such as police cars? Mm. And the last one, number four, why not reduce the retirement age and make the retirement packages more beneficial so people consider law enforcement on as a, a long-term career, yeah. not like how it's become today, which people traditionally leave out between five and seven and a half years. Mayor, that was a lot. Do you want to a- answer any of those? Sure. And I don't know if she is affiliated with APD, but just a couple of things. One, our retirement age, not just for our police officers, but also for our fire uh, personnel is much lower than our retirement age for our general employees. And just a reminder, we gave our police officers a 30 percent pay increase under my administration. Our firefighters received roughly 15 to 25 percent pay increase. Both of these were historic pay increases. So part of that is because we want officers on our force who want to be a part of our force, who aren't fatigued, who aren't working three jobs just to make ends meet. So with that, um, with the pay increase, uh, with what we have done uh, in in terms of where our retirement is for our, our officers, all those things are in place, but you have to remember the city of Atlanta has close to 8,500 employees. So it's not just about our public safety. We have other employees that we also uh, have to make sure that we are doing what we need to do to be right by them. Minimum wage, $15 an hour for city employees is where we are under my administration. So all of these things are important if you have an unlimited amount of resources. But when you have a limited amount of resources, you have to make decisions and you have to prioritize decisions. So technology is one, one too. They aren't red light cameras. They are cameras that are tied in to what we call our VIC center. So that rather than having to have an officer on the street You can have someone who's looking at a bank of cameras who can tell you what's happening on a particular street and hone in. We use drone technology. We use a number of things in our toolbox. Also, in terms of training, just before the Rayshard Burke shooting, we had heeded President Obama's call on 21st century policing Mm -hmm. to go back and look at our use of force policies. So we were already in the process of looking at where we were with our use of force policies. We had an advisory commission to help us make recommendations. That work continues, and I want to be clear, supporting public safety doesn't mean that you're not holding them accountable. You can and you should do both. They are not mutually exclusive. So we can support our officers, our officers who respect our communities, who put their lives on the lines for our communities every day, by and large, that is our entire force. But we can also hold accountable those who aren't doing right by our community. So going back to last summer, the feedback that I received, uh, public safety across the country took a hit. We were watching it on television. People were leaving law enforcement. APD was not excluded from that. We've also had officers who left APD who've asked to come back to APD. So 
that's one thing. Um, but secondly, um, as you are looking at law enforcement across the country and looking at ways that you can retain law enforcement, you got to have people who have the temperament, who have the patience, who have the desire to be a part of our communities. And again, by and large, that our that is our police force. But you can mm-hmm. also hold people accountable. And when you have a police force, you're going to have some people who aren't doing everything that they should do. You deal with those officers accordingly. Uh, but it, you also uh, have mutual respect. Your officers respect the communities, and communities respect the officers. Okay. So a couple more questions. And, and I first of all, I want to let everybody know we're talking with our mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms. I really appreciate your transparency this morning and directly answering these questions. There was a photo that went out on social media of a meeting of uh, city leaders uh, where they were discussing the upcoming election. And word was that Mayor um, Kasim Reed was going to back a possible mayor run for Antonio Brown. But Kasim Reed is the person that backed you. How do you feel about that? And what do you think about City Councilman Antonio Brown possibly entering the race for mayor, or even Kasim Reed, like some of the rumors are? Well, I didn't win my race for mayor with one vote. Everybody in Atlanta has a vote. So whether it's a former mayor or a sanitation worker or a school teacher, everybody has a vote. So elections don't rise and fall based on the support of one person. Elections rise and fall based on people turning out to vote. This will be an open election. Anybody who wants to run for mayor in August can qualify to run for mayor if they live in the city of Atlanta and they are of age and meet the qualifications. So I'm not concerned about who may or may not get in the race. What I'm concerned about is making sure that I continue to do right by the people of Atlanta. So when I was sworn in in 2018, we were under a big federal investigation that expanded into the previous administration. We also experienced the largest cyber attack in the history of any municipality across this country. We went through a social justice movement. We also experienced COVID-19, and yet we're still standing. So I'll put up my record against anybody, any day of the week, and we'll let the voters of Atlanta decide. Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. And let's not make it so long till the next time. We need to have you on on the regular. Is that okay? That sounds good to me. All right. Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms on the Frank Ski Show. We are KISS 104.1 Atlanta's R&B. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.